Hi everyone, welcome to Life with Fibromyalgia. Today is August 14th, 2018. Alright, so today I want to talk about my mental health hospitalization, which occurred last week for five days. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because a lot of people don't know what it's like to be hospitalized in a mental health hospital. And not a lot of people understand what it's like, and not a lot of people have not been to a mental health uh, hospital. So I think it's a good idea to kind of spread the word of as to what it's like. That way it doesn't seem so scary. I want to share um, what it's like because I don't want it to be such a scary thing for people when they actually need to go to a mental health facility and they are so scared that they don't go. So yeah, I thought I'd share a little bit of, of my experience there. And it's not my only experience um, there. It's not my first time. Um, I've been there for about maybe five times now. Um, so I have quite some experience um, going to a mental health hospital. All right, so where can I start? Um, I guess like something important to notice is that mental health does not discriminate. When you go into the um, hospital and you're around with other other patients, you notice that there's all different races, ethnicities, and you basically find out very quickly that you're not the only one that's dealing with something um, such as depression um, or uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, any any other mental health um, issue that someone might have. Um, so <clears throat> I guess I can start with what it's like um, being inside the hospital. The hospital that I'm talking about in particular, I will not say which hospital it was because I might get uh, might get in trouble if I say a little too much about what it's like as far as like how people were acting and what they were saying. So I'm not gonna give out the name of the location, but um, I have been to three different hospitals and they all kind of have the same, um, they all have the same layout, I guess, um, as far as like what it looks like inside. Okay, so inside, it looks like any other regular hospital um, with the hallways and the rooms. And just the difference between a regular hospital and the mental health hospital is that the beds in the mental health hospital are not as comfortable or they're they're a lot smaller and you can't um, move them um, you can't have that incline or not incline the recliner in the back or whatever and there's it basically looks like a room um 
I know the ho regular hospital um, has, it looks like a regular um, room as well, but this one looks more like, I guess the best way that I can describe it is it looks kind of like a dorm room. And um, there's uh, maybe like a bookshelf and a closet um, and, and a restroom. But um, as you might already have imagined, there's no doors. Um, on the closet or in the restroom um, obviously because they don't want you to stay locked in there so the only door in the room is the entrance where uh, they uh, they basically um, open to check on check on you if you close it and obviously it, ha it doesn't have a lock so that's the way it looks inside the room um, there's a nursing station a nurse station sorry there's a nurse station and the social workers the doctors well not necessarily the psychiatrists or in, or the regular physicians they don't really hang out in the nurse's station but they do go inside and sometimes talk to the the RN or the social worker um, at times but for the most part you'll see the social worker the rn and the lvn in the nurse's station and i noticed that the lvn is the person that gives out the meds in the hospital so the rn just kind of takes care of um you know of noting down like if everything's okay with you and kind of checks up on you all the time and then the LVN kind of does the same thing, but mostly um, gives out the medication. So that's the way that kind of worked um, this time that I was there. I'm not sure exactly if that's the way it works in all the hospitals, but I know that's the way it worked in the one I was in. Um, so that's how it worked out. The restroom, it's actually pretty interesting inside because the restrooms, they don't have a door they have a curtain so at least you have some privacy and the toilet and yeah I think it was just the toilet that had um the top it was uh, you can't lift up the top it was very secured that way you wouldn't open it so there's a lot of things that that you might not think about but there are things in there that are very well secured that way no one can get um, into them or kind of uh, use anything from inside the toilet to use um, for any um, harmful um, for, for any self-harm okay so let's see that was the restroom the room looks like a dorm room oh so there's what they call a lounge room and in there um, is where we had our breakfast lunch and dinner and you can also hang out there um, if you didn't want to hang out in your room you basically hang out in the lounge room to watch tv and they actually let you choose what you want to watch um, they do have i forget what you call them but um, they have the parental control um, on the on the um, on the program so you're not able to watch certain things, but they do um, they do um, let you uh, watch whatever you like. 
and they just okay um, that it's okay for you to watch that show. And it's actually quite funny because we were watching Family Guy and you just in South Park and so you just hear like a lot of cursing and like it was just hilarious because I guess I didn't expect for them to let us watch that type of shows so it was it was fun watching them I really enjoy Family Guy and I really enjoy, enjoy South Park too so it, it it made time pass by a little faster so that was nice so in the lounge room, aside from eating and aside from just from it just being a leisure um, location for you to watch TV, um, it also was a location that was used for the group therapy. So there is, um, and I, I guess I am calling it group therapy, even though it's not necessarily officially group therapy because these are just activity groups and they are kind of group therapy because at times they kind of talk about our traumas um, or whatever happened to you. So they kind of go around the, the room and they're like, okay, well, why are you here? And, or what traumas do you have? And, and so it kind of becomes a group therapy setting. And that's why I'm calling it group therapy. Um, but aside from that, we have activities uh, such as coloring and um, sometimes you can just, they let you um, do free writing. And, and then other times they let you um, listen to music and while you do um, little bracelets and with, you, you know, different beads and I don't know. They just kind of have like different activities. That way you, you're not bored the whole time. And their whole point is to um, give you a therapeutic experience with their activities. And I think their goals are pretty much met because everything that I went through there was pretty therapeutic. And I really enjoyed the activities. And unfortunately, there are some people that that do not participate and uh, that is not because they don't want to but it's because they're not fully there um they're still um talking to themselves um not you know not fully uh i guess not fully conscious um about what's going on so i know those people are being put on medication or their medication is being adjusted so yeah there are people like that there um but unlike unlike how they show in the movies there's isn't people there isn't crazy people I guess like I I'm quoting the crazy because in movies they show crazy as like someone like desperately moving around and like yelling screaming and like trying to get out and all that um I think that's a little um over the top there is situation there are situations when that happens but it is the the whole experience there is never um 
like that. It's not like 100% that all the time. So it, unlike the show in the movies, it's, it's pretty common for someone to be talking to themselves, you know, kind of sitting down, standing up, pacing. But it's not as terrible as how they show it in the movies where people are, you know, kind of put into those jackets and you know, strapped down and put into a, a room, um, isolated in a room. Yeah, that that's totally not, not true, not real. Or at least in the hospitals I've been to, I've never seen that. And they tell me that they don't have that. So um, I know there are times when we ask, like, some of my friends there that I've made, um, will ask, like, oh, so do you guys actually have this and that and this type of room? You know, how they stay in the movies? And they're like, no, that's just movies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, th- that doesn't exist. Um, let's see. What else can I talk about here? I kind of made some notes. Um, so let me look real quick. So they, oh, yeah. Okay, so there's such a thing as an open unit and a locked unit. A locked unit is one where you are just in, you're just in the, in your room, in the lounge or in the hallway, basically. Those are the only accessible um, areas. And you are taken outside if there is um, available staff um, that can take you outside. So if they're understaffed, they will not take you outside. But if they are very well staffed, they will have someone take you outside for a short, um, a short walk or for you just to kind of get some, get some air. Um, since there are windows, but they're all, they're all locked. So you can't open the window so you can get some air. Um, so they take you outside. So that's something good that I really liked about the locked unit. And then there's such a thing as the open unit. In the open unit, and I've been to this hospital maybe for, uh, let's see, four years ago. And then I went four years ago and then three years ago and then now. And the open unit used to be a unit where you you were able to go outside without i mean there was someone supervising but um there you basically were able to be outside for as long as you wanted and whenever you wanted so unfortunately that changed i'm pretty sure someone must have escaped or done something for that to change because this time that I went, um, we weren't able to go outside without um, someone supervising. And they had to open the door to go outside. So it's the open unit because you, you can basically ask them that you want to go outside and they'll, they'll, they'll do it. They'll open the door and let you go outside. And the other difference is that you have a lot more room you have you're able to go to the cafeteria um, and sit there and eat as opposed to in the lock unit they bring the food and you have to eat in the lounge so and being in the open unit is definitely um, a good thing um, and it's 
it, you're pretty much at an advantage because you get to choose what you want to eat. Um, you have all the drinks and everything available to you so you can go in and out and have as much <laughs> as much soda as much juice or milk you can have as much as you want as opposed to in the locked unit you have to ask for these things so they're put away and if you want some they'll you know get them out from the locked um, room so the open unit is is pretty nice because you're able to choose you know what you want to eat and all that stuff as i mentioned earlier so the open unit also has a tv room so um in that tv room it's uh, it's pretty big and there's a piano there and so one of the activities that there is is um, music therapy and so this um, man comes and plays a piano and so you basically sing along to the songs that that he plays and they tend to play songs that are very common or very old old songs that people know and the reason why i wanted to talk about this um in the music therapy is because the times that i've been there i've heard one song and i think this is because that that person that that plays the piano loves this song and so he must like um playing these two songs that i now remember all the time um so they played the hallelujah song and the piano man they every time i was there almost every day that i was there they played those two songs and so now even before um, I was hospitalized this time, whenever I hear the Hallelujah song and the Piano Man, it's almost like I'm there and having a therapeutic experience. So I downloaded those songs, and now when I listen to them, I feel like I'm in the hospital. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because I feel like I'm there, and I feel like I'm ha I'm I'm going through that therapeutic experience, and kind of healing um in a way i know it's the weirdest thing but um the weirdest thing to explain but um that's the way i experience that um it makes me it kind of heals me i guess in a way um it helps me out if i'm having a bad day or anything like that or having um issues with repetitive thoughts or anything like that so another thing I wanted to talk about was the commonalities that um, there is within the people that are hospitalized. Almost everyone there has gone through trauma. And that trauma is mostly physical or sexual abuse. And so it was pretty interesting to see that almost everyone has gone through trauma there if you didn't go through trauma it it was pretty weird um i noticed that that was weird if someone didn't go through any trauma it was like um like oh, okay uh most likely they they just um they were dealing with their manic episode of bipolar or schizo so other than that mostly everyone that was there was was um had gone through some trauma so something else that i wanted to share was that um they provide journals and pencils 
um, for you to write since they kind of encourage you to write, just kind of write out what you're feeling and all your thoughts. That way you can let it all out and maybe possibly um, share those thoughts with your, with the uh, therapist. So that, that is something that they provide. And obviously they provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They provide those journals. Um, they provide toothpaste, um, a toothbrush, shampoo, um, body wash. Um, they provide towels. Um, yeah, they provide a lot of things so that would you're pretty much good to go when you get there. Um, you have the basics. So, yeah, that's that's something I wanted to share. So, I, I might be going back and forth here, but um, they take your vitals every day. They give you your medication every day. You see your psychiatrist every day as well. You might see them at different times during the day, but you see them during the day or I think... Sometimes you'll see them in the evening, depending on which doctor you have, but um, you for sure see your psychiatrist every day. Okay, so I guess I can explain a little bit of what it's like when you first go in. When you first go in, or I'll explain how it happened with me. I go to the hospital and I tell the, um, the operator, the receptionist, I tell her, oh, I'm voluntarily checking in. And then she'll say, okay, um, fill this form out, have a seat in the lobby, and then we'll have someone, you know, call you in a bit. So you fill out a form, and it's very short. It's one, um, one page, only the front, and it says, are you feeling suicidal? Do you want to hurt yourself? Um, are you having any homicidal ideation? And you know, um, do you have any um, health problems? Um, and it has a whole list of different um, health issues. And that's about it. You put your name, your address, and all that. And so you turn that in. And then, you know, a few minutes later, someone comes out with the form in their hand. And they're like, okay, um, we're going to do an evaluation. And so you go into a, um, what they call an, I think it's an assessment room or evaluation room. It might be evaluation room. And you go in there and they basically ask you the, almost like the same questions are in the form that you just filled out. And they kind of try to um, get a little bit more information from you as far as how you're feeling. Um, they want to get to know if you're really a, a um, if you're really a, uh, oh gosh, if you're really harmed, you're really um, dangerous to yourself and for other people. So, um, let's see. So that, you go through the evaluation process and once you're done with the evaluation process, it will tell you, okay, we think that you are a danger to yourself and you know you need to be um you even though you're voluntarily um checking in you will now be put on a hold since you are suicidal and you do have a plan or anything like that um so they put you on a hold and you're not always put on a hold if you're voluntarily checking in they do not put you on a hold but as soon as your doctor hears from you or the rn hears from you that you are suicidal 
they put a hold on you. Um, and I know in the evaluation, they have the, the authority to put you on a hold. But for some reason with me, they said, oh, we're not going to put you on a hold. Um, but since you came in voluntarily. But I think the reason why that was said was because this guy kind of seemed new. So, and I know it's kind of embarrassing, but I already kind of know the people there. So I know he looked new and he didn't, I guess, he didn't really know um, that he had to put me on a hold because I was being suicidal and had a plan. Um, so anyway, after the evaluation, they, they, they're like, okay, um, you know, they take away your cell phone, all electronics, all your belongings they take away, and they basically search them, and they keep what they call contraband in a locked room, which are things that you cannot have, which you can use um, to self-harm. So um, you can't have any rubber bands, you can't have laces, um, you can't have, um, let's see, what else? Uh, you can't have rubber bands. Um, so you basically can't have anything that's that can be a danger. Um, I mean, sorry, that can be used as uh, some sort of weapon. Um, okay, so let's see what else. Uh, I'm looking through my notes. Um, oh yeah, so after you are you give your your um your belongings to them and they kind of go through the stuff and keep the contraband and and then um and then they give you your stuff back um once they take you over to your room and when you get to the unit that they take you to um the rn basically does an assessment and they will ask you the same, almost like the same questions, that just um, a little bit more specific as far as um, health issues and um, other diagnoses. And so that that's the information that the RN gets. And then you're, you're, you already have your room, so you end up going to your room or the lounge, wherever you decide to go. Um, and then they give an assessment this they give a group therapist an assessment um for you and you go through that assessment which goes more into detail in the emotional side so they're kind of trying to figure out um what is really wrong with you as far as um, your emotions and what your goal is as far as when you're out of the hospital and what what your plan is your um your treatment plan so they're basically trying to make your treatment plan outside of the hospital um so they're just trying to get some information from you that will help them kind of guide you um to that um to, to that treatment plan that you know, they will be creating all right so the discharging is quite a process. I I really don't know because it, I know it's a process because it takes a long time, um, but not entirely very long time. But it takes them, you know, a few hours because they have to get a lot of information together, all the your signatures for your contraband, for um, your medication that they were giving you. 
um, and other things that I can't remember. But um, yeah, once the, you're discharged, um, you are either given a ride to your home or you can be picked up, whichever is the case. Um, so yeah, um, it's not a bad experience. I truly recommend for anyone suffering from suicidal ideation to voluntarily check in. Um, it's, you feel pretty safe in there and it's for your own good. You don't end up doing anything stupid at home, um, like I did in 2015. So, I would uh, highly recommend you um, you give it a shot if you're being suicidal and have a plan. Um, don't be scared. It's it's like a regular hospital, just for it's just for mental health, and um, you will soon realize that it's probably the best thing you will do for yourself because they really do take care of you, and they do. Um, definitely do a treatment plan for you um so yeah i recommend it all right well i think that's it um that's all i would that i'm gonna talk about um i wanted to share this hospitalization experience um if you guys have any questions you guys can email me at fibro w sorry oh my gosh i'm like blanking out here it's life with fibro so it's l-i-f-e-w-f-i-b-r-o at gmail.com so that's life w fibro at gmail.com so if you have any questions about these type of hospitalizations or the process or just any question that you might have you can definitely email me and i will respond back to your email um, as soon as I can. Yeah, so maybe next time I'll kind of talk about like some things that um, people maybe just, mm, it's funny, but you'll notice that it's, it's not funny because it's, um, it's serious, but you know, it's, you have to take, take things kind of in a humorous way sometimes. Um, because it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just, you know, just the little things that you do when you're not really, um, being so very coherent. Um, so I will share that later, um, as to like what things that happened. Um, I am able to share them because you don't know who I am. You don't know which hospital I went to and you don't know who I'm talking about. So, um, I, I'm able to share a little bit of what happened there. Um, so that'll probably be a different podcast or I'll share it within the other, another, um, podcast that I'll be, um, podcasting. All right. Well, you guys take care. Gentle hugs. Bye.